0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it.
2: Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and
0: Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome to the world.
2: Dan Bickley. Where's the guru, Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata.
0: Spectacular. Spectacular. <laughs>
2: Bickley and Murata. I love this show. <laughs> this is the greatest show in the history of radio.
1: <laughs> See, it's the greatest radio show ever.
0: Bickley and Marada, I hate everything about this show. <laughs> This is the worst show in the world. All right, Valley sports fans, one down, one to go. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy game day in the Valley. Thursday night football in Glendale on the heels of something that wasn't revenge, wasn't complete redemption, but it worked. Yeah, it was, I
2: agree with you on all of those things. But ultimately satisfying, was it not? Oh, it was way
0: better you, you, than yeah. the way it was trending. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, I, I have, I am still very conflicted about what I saw last night. Oh, and you very should, you conflicted should be. You about should what be. I saw last night. I kind of am too. Yeah, but but at the end of it all, they found a way to not lose to that basketball team in that building again, and so that I give them credit for that. Because I because I think that is what carried them throughout that game and that night. Just this, no, this is this cannot happen again, and it didn't. So, but like I said, I'm pretty conflicted.
2: <laughs> but look, we we talked about this week being so big for, yeah. for Arizona, for the mm-hmm. Valley, for these sports teams. And the first spotlight moment went pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and you got to figure that the people yeah, no, at uh, ESPN right. have got to be thrilled about the product that they got to put on last night because yeah. it looked like it was going one way and uh-huh. they got a nail biter.
0: Yeah. Good way to start things. Yeah. I'm not sure how much of the national audience hung hung with it for the second half. Yeah. Right? That East Coast audience. I'm you know sure they, it's 11, uh, yeah. 11
2: p.m. and you're like, eh, they're up 22.
0: I'm can sure, tell I'm you i sure they're, that. they're waking up today going, what? I can what, tell the, you this local. The Mavericks local, didn't win?
2: This
1: local audience barely yeah. made it through it. I was. I was. They made their comeback just in time. I'll when tell you it that you much because oh, I was. You about were getting to, ready to tap out. Absolutely. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha.
0: you. Um, yeah. So we're going to get into that. Today is also a very special day in the in the world of sports. It's the twenty seventh time in history that the Big Four leagues are yep. all playing on the same day. The sports solstice. Yeah. The equinox. Oh, equinox. That's it. what right. it is. That's yeah. what it is. I'm sorry. Twenty seventh time that all four Big Four leagues have taken place on the same day. Interesting and it's yeah, been it's, hap- it's been happening a lot more frequently you saw the same story I did obviously it has it, been happening a lot more frequently recently because of thursday night football and mm-hmm. because because everybody's getting into each other's space now yeah
2: there's there's not really any politeness <laughs> anymore it's like no, yeah we want that real no, estate we're going right? to go ahead and take
0: yeah, that right all right so we got a lot to get into start the show ferret the Splash, Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash.
2: About coming. About coming. The Splash brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. I just looked it up, too. It's like a five layer equinox. There's two college football games tonight, too. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, more sports than you yeah. could shake a stick at. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Opening night for the Suns at Footprint Center. They hosted the Dallas Mavericks. And let's just say game one was a bit of a roller coaster. Suns found themselves down by as many as 22 points in the third quarter, in what had been a flat effort, reminiscent of Game Seven of last year's Western Conference Semifinals. But Devin Booker and Damian Lee spearheaded a wild comeback, and the Suns escaped with a 107-105 win before a stunned but raucous crowd in downtown Phoenix. Suns pulled it within one near the end of the third quarter. Then Dallas's Christian Wood went nutty early in the fourth. He scored the first, the last four points uh, for the Mavs in the third quarter. Then the first 12 of the fourth quarter stretched the lead back to 15. And I think that's when many people were like, all right, it,
0: it wasn't meant to be They're not going to blow this lead, too, are they? Yeah, but uh, they
2: did. Lee would hit three threes and then a 10-foot baseline fadeaway with 10 seconds left to break a 105 tie. Luka Doncic missed a long three at the buzzer, and that was that. Devin Booker, 28 points, 9 assists. DeAndre Ayton, 18-10 and 10 for the Suns, who now hit the road for Game 2 of 82. That's against the Portland Trailblazers. All right, you want to know eight.
0: a goofy little fact? You may already know this. Maybe you don't. Uh, so we know that DeAndre Ayton likes to shoot half-court shots before game. Did he still do that again last night? Uh, I may have been in the back eating dinner at okay. that time. All right, so Luka, My guess is yes. so Luka does a thing in Dallas, because I was sitting courtside in Dallas in the playoffs, he does a thing where he just keeps shooting deep left near half-court shots until he makes one. It's sort of his thing, the way D.A. has his thing, where he shot that ball from last night. It's almost exactly where he does that routine from. Yeah, and you could say, why do they do that? But... It Maybe. actually almost yeah. came into play.
2: That, that shot was online, by the oh, way. Oh no, it was. It was just yeah, a little short. He, the look it,
0: on his face when it didn't go in—he looked stunned. That's my point. Is it's he practices that shot at, at, before every home game
2: for whatever reason. Which And some people might say, "Wow, he settled for a thirty-four foot uh, <laughs> foot jumper <laughs> yeah. there at the buzzer." But yeah. Yeah, they're, they don't have range anymore. That's it's, his
1: shot too. He's he's made those game winners. Oh yeah, several times. Yeah. He's had a pension for him. Yeah.
2: Uh, Thursday is here. That means Thursday night football is here for the Arizona. Cardinals who play host to the New Orleans Saints at State Farm Stadium. Both teams banged up. Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury said he doesn't expect center Rodney Hudson to play. It'll be his third straight missed game. Also out for the Cardinals wide receiver Hollywood Brown, linebacker Dennis Gardeck, the Barbarian, offensive lineman Justin Pugh, running back Daryl Williams, running back James Connor, kicker Matt Prater, and corner Trayvon Mullen, along with safety Jalen Thompson, are all questionable or game time decisions. The Saints they don't know who's playing quarterback yet. Game time decision between Winston and uh, Andy Dalton. Receivers Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry are bro- both out. Cornerback La- Marshawn Lattimore and guard Andres Pete also out. Uh, yeah, it's like a mash unit on the injury report.
0: Everybody who knows, everybody associated with the Saints, though, they say Andy Dalton starting. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things where they're not announcing it, but that, but everybody in the know kind of is saying it's his game. Yeah, with Winston coming back yeah. from
2: the, the back, fr- I mean, back fractures. That sounds fun. Yeah.
0: Four vertebrae.
2: Yeah. Four different vertebrae. Cardinals trying to snap an eight-game home losing streak that dates back to last season. Their last win at State Farm Stadium came nearly a year ago, October 24th, when they beat Houston 31-5 to in Week 7. Kickoff at 5.15. Our official pregame, we'll talk about it all day, but the official pregame coverage starts at uh, 12.30 on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7 FM. Thank <laughs> you. Cardinals Ring of Honor member and Hall of Famer Charlie Trippy passed away at the age of 100. Did you see that story I yesterday? I did see that story. Uh, Trippy was a member of the Cardinals' last championship team in 1947 the star when they were based in Chicago, starred for the team as a halfback, quarterback, and defensive back. How about that? Yeah. Until 1955, and he's one of current uh, 18 current members of the Cardinals Ring of
0: Honor. Yeah. that's He's, he's Cardinal royalty yes. is what he is. And you know what else? Huh?
2: He wore number 62. How cool is that? That's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> that's pretty That's
2: pretty badass. The San Diego Padres. Their bats finally showed up in game, game 2 of the NLCS. They used a five-run fifth inning to put away the Phillies 8-5 at Petco Park. NLCS now shifts to Philadelphia for Games 3 and 4. That'll resume tomorrow. Meanwhile, in Houston, uh, the ALCS got underway. 4-2 Astros win over the Yankees. Houston pitcher struck out Yankees hitters 17 times including 11 by starter Justin Verlander who is now Major League Baseball's all-time postseason strikeout king. Yuli uh, Gurriel broke up a 1-1 tie in the sixth with a solo home runoff reliever Clark Schmidt. One batter later, Chaz McCormick did the same and the Astros took the opener game. Two of the ALCS today in Houston. Astros sending Framber Valdez to the mound against Yankees right-hander Luis Severino. First pitch is at 437. Um, I get the feeling that Clark Schmidt is going to be run out of New York with his postseason. He, he was the guy that they yeah. the, the Indians had, or the, excuse me, the Guardians had that big comeback against in the ninth mm-hmm. last weekend, mm-hmm. and now he gives up uh, two home runs yeah. in, in that inning. Not going well for I, him. I
0: found, I found myself being very, very interested in the National League series and this American League series. I, I can't think of two teams I care less about the Yankees, and Astros? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm with you, Nick. Uh-huh. Do not care.
1: No, I, I really do not. That's funny, because I don't care about the the National League. Those teams are so mediocre. Uh, that I, to me, it, it's like... Yeah, they
0: kind of are, but they but, but they both have great vibes yes. in their stadiums. Yeah. And, and their personalities vibe, are yeah. there, too. And that vibe in San Diego yesterday was really super cool.
2: Can I play some vibe from San Diego for you before we get out of here? I meant to play this yesterday at the end of the show, and it bugged me all day that I didn't play it. The lamest... Sports hype song ever. This was from a group of Padre fans. No, I've got. I, I can beat that. But go on, San Diego. Let's do this. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Philly going down to yellow and brown. That's what's in. Padres on the loose. Let's go, Goose. That's what's in. <laughs> Bryce's going to lose, and Manny's going to cruise. That's what's in. (laughs) Give Philly no slack and send them back.
0: That's what's in. So back, Philly.
2: It doesn't do it full justice because there's one guy in this group that is allergic to... Anything related to rhythm, it's yeah, so great to watch.
0: There's, uh, I told you about this yesterday. I don't know if you got a chance to go look at Zoe Bowie. Do you remember the act that used to play Valley Bars a lot? I've of course seen, you do. I've seen them live. Yeah, they yes, <laughs> that Zoe Bowie did. Twenty years it. ago, they did a they did a hype song for the Las Vegas Golden Knights that is just it's oh we gotta look it up. So I haven't rich. seen it yet. You told me so about rich. it. I didn't look it. Is it so worse rich. than that?
2: Yeah, I don't know. The comments on that were like, I'm a Padres fan, and these guys need to shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But they're laughing through it. They know it's not like. See, of course, seriously of course, good.
0: you're going to be sympathetic to it. Jared's that's like, your like brand. It. That what we just no, played no, but is you. Yeah. I love bad songs. I and love that cringe. Me. It's
1: bad, but they know it. They know it's lame. They're not
2: like taking themselves oh, so seriously. It, so, so it's not so like, like you.
1: It, yeah. so, <laughs> <laughs> wait a second here. <laughs> we oh, have
2: to break. Wow. <laughs> Coyotes road trip continues in Montreal against Le Habitants <laughs> today. Uh, Yotes, of course, coming off their first win of the season in Toronto on Monday. Four o'clock face-off. You can hear it uh, beginning with pregame coverage at 3.30 on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. There you go. There's your splash for Thursday. Man, what a night in downtown Phoenix. It had all the emotions you would want, including a positive one at the end. We'll get into the Suns' opening win over the Mavs next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings on this Thursday. Arizona sports, the local sports leader.
0: Pickley, Vince Morata, Pickley and Morata Mornings, Arizona, Arizona sports, sports the local sports leader Lee
1: back to Booker, they better hurry for a shot, give it to Lee Lee on the drive, Lee's shot is good, baseline had to put it up over Kleba
3: Translated by two, seven seconds remain Dantich with the basketball for Dallas Lee defending, Dantich a long three, won't go
1: Rebound and the game is over and the Suns have won it. Oh, brother. The Suns have won it. A young. Re- young guy named Damian Lee with some huge hoops. And the final
2: is 107-105. The Suns, they do it with an amazing second half. Yeah, it's Al McCoy, the Hall of Famer, on the call. 107-105. The score did not look like it was going to go that way. And the Suns fought back, not from one, but a really flat first half. A 22-point yeah. deficit and then a 15-point fourth-quarter deficit. Yeah. Um and we talked about this game going into it, Vic, and I, I foolishly made the claim, look, it's a no-win situation for the Suns. And then I saw what unfolded last night, and yeah. I, I was wrong. You have to consider all options. The way that game ended was obviously a win, not just in the standings or on the scoreboard, but a win in a lot of ways for the Suns.
0: Right. So, yeah, I know, and and, and I think that, that it's, it allows this market to turn the page on, on the Dallas Mavericks, Mavericks in that episode. Yes. I mean, it'll, it'll never erase said nothing ever will but but losing to them again last night would have really set a terrible tone for the season the, that, those are the facts that first half when they looked awful and yeah. they were just having their way, and Luca was dominating. Oh yeah, it was the same thing as Game Seven. It,
1: it felt so bad, and, and it was feeling like how the Cardinals started the season, taking you know starting off where they left off last year.
0: Exactly, that's exactly what it was like. I couldn't believe it. I'm lo- I sit- I was sitting there in the first half, looking at the score, and just going, I can't believe this is happening again. Yeah, and and to their credit, they found a way to fight back. They found a way to get in the game. The Mavs stretched the lead again. They found a way to get back in it again. And then Damian Lee wears the Hero's Cape, and that's so. That's really one of the big questions now. Is is the magic that Damian Lee brought to last night? Suns don't win without him, obviously. Those no, 11, they don't. Those eleven points he scored in the fourth quarter were gigantic. Um, it, it's so. What is this guy going to be? How, how how big of a contributor can Damian Lee be? Now people know that people know his connection to Steph Curry. If they didn't, they certainly learned it last night. Mm-hmm. Um, he's his brother-in-law, and they're very very close. And <laughs> the day, the day that James Jones signed. Damian Lee, Steph Curry's like, yep, Phoenix got a really good one. Did, did and, you see Steph Curry's oh, reaction yeah, last oh, night? Oh, yeah, the fact that he was just screaming and nope. waking up his kid. And here, yeah, here, it here it is. go. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, Dave. Stick with it. Stick with it. First of, all, first of all, The kid's asleep. I don't care. Stick with it. First of, first of, all, first of all, what? give credit where credit is due.
3: I'm sorry, I can't. It's crying. I, it. I woke him up. There you go, D. Lee.
2: Uh, that was <laughs> Steph Curry's wife I, in the background yeah. trying to take credit for it. She called, called it. it. Uh called it. And if she called it, she must have a crystal ball because... Did you expect Damian Lee to no. take the biggest shot in the game for the Suns so, in his first game yeah.
0: as a Sun? So, no. No, I did not. So, But, but I'll, I will share this with you. The day that, that, that Steph Curry said that after James Jones signed him in the offseason, I, I kind of started poking around about what people thought about Damian Lee. And I got a lot of mixed reports about what he can bring to a, a game and a team. But look, to, to step up and even, even feel good about attempting those shots yes. last night tells you something. Uh, yeah, to be comfortable. Yeah. And, and and, and look, things were not ideal.
2: They didn't have Cam Johnson down the stretch. Chris Paul wasn't on the floor Ooh. down the stretch, which we will we will get into a lot. Um, the fact that this team has been so reliant in clutch time situations and so good going back to last year in clutch time situations because of the presence of Chris Paul, yeah, because of the the presence of Devin Booker, yeah. One of the things that I loved the most was that last possession. Devin Booker gave the ball up mm-hmm. not once. But twice mm-hmm. because the double team came, and I think Devin Booker years past with Chris Paul on the bench might say, "All right, I got to do this," uh-huh. and he deferred, uh-huh. and that means a lot to teammates. It means a lot that Damian Lee not only took the shot, but of course make the shot. I thought
0: that was a very mature approach well, by I, Devin I, yeah, Booker. Listen, I do. I, I think that's that's a great way to, to to help a team grow. Now, I think in the playoffs, in in big time situations, Devin Booker's got to find a way to, to still score through double teams. That's the next frontier, the With, final frontier for him.
2: There was one possession earlier in the fourth quarter where the, the Mavericks, you know, they blitzed him. And it was probably the most aggressively I've seen him attack the blitz yeah. on the dribble. Getting, yeah, right. And he got to his spot and he made a shot. Uh, it, I mean, Devin, well, that's, Devin, that's, Devin that's what Becker's they did six, to him
0: in game six and seven. That's yes. exactly how they so played to him. To see the first sample yeah. of that again no, in, in, in a crunch time
2: situation was, yeah. like you said, you're, you're conflicted. It wasn't it was, the first half. Was terrible for the for the Suns to come out that way. They got affected by the officiating again, which was a concern going in. I thought there were a lot of whistles. There was a lot of iffy calls for both teams. But when you had to go twelve deep in the first half, Monty Williams played twelve players in yeah. the first half and was struggling to come up with a rotation. Yeah, he he went to Bismack Biombo out of necessity for foul trouble. Josh Okogie got in. Dario
0: Sharitz came in and, and lasted two minutes. And the ovation he got was bizarre to me. I mean, it was nice, but it was just kind of bizarre to me. I mean, it was I, a resounding ovation when he came in the game. Dario was part of the bubble team when I this all guess, started. Yeah, you're right. That's true. I, I mean, he didn't lot, play at all yeah, last that, year. A either, lot so. of people look yeah, at Dario's that's
2: true. you know injury in Game One of the Finals as being a, a big key in that series that people don't talk
0: about. And, and anybody that comes back from a year off. I, I, that, that's a big thing to come back from. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's cool. Um uh, so so but you're right, it, struggling to find a rotation, struggling to find any semblance of a bench. That yeah, the, the state of this roster coming out of last night's games got me very concerned. Very concerned. I think I think the the rebounding is is going to be an issue without DeAndre Ayton on the floor. He was in foul trouble in the first half. They've mm-hmm. got nobody to protect the rim. Yeah. So there uh, these are all issues, but but this was a like I said, they found a way to turn the page and Not allow the Mavericks to beat them at home, and the crowd was into it.
2: Yeah, and here's another thing that I think, you know,
0: early on
2: really stood out to me. Jay Crowder's not there. Last night, even though the Suns told Jay Crowder, look, you're not going to start or finish, guess what? Jay Crowder would have been on the floor in crunch time last night because Cam
0: Johnson left with cramps and didn't come back. The the more this goes on, the more I do not understand anything about this Jay Crowder story. I I just don't.
2: I'm with you. I don't understand from either side. No. And, and I'm not pinning Same. blame one way or and the, the timing other. Timing of it too, it just doesn't make any no, sense
1: to me. It doesn't. Me. That's what I was thinking when Josh Cogie and, and, and these guys, even Damian Lee, before he went off, they again need, it,
0: they miss him, and they need him. I was, yeah. th- it's, it's I was, obvious.
1: I was thinking like it's almost derelict that James Jones let this play out the way it did. I, that we're starting the season and they have just a ro- an empty roster spot of a key contributor that they didn't replace, mm-hmm. given the Suns need. And given the fact that nobody has had any demand
2: for Jay Crowder yet... Do you think there's a path for him to play for the Suns again? I don't know how much damage has been done behind the scenes. Yeah. I've wondered I about that like same thing, prideful. Sarah.
0: I feel like he's He's very priceless. When you go
2: that far yeah. and, and and you don't join a team that people still have as a, as a top team in the West because your role is being diminished or changed, That I mean, that he's doesn't... He's not
1: even on the active roster. No. It's not like he's sitting in the stands in his street clothes, you know, watching the game, supporting the team
0: until no. this plays out. No, well, He's not going
3: to start for anyone else either.
0: But again, it's also when, when you've got an incomplete Roster like this, why was there the rush to when you think about it to have to start Cam Johnson? Right, if, if, and that's, if, if is, that could have been something that you transitioned to if this during is a the it season, year for him, which obviously it is. I don't, I don't get the rush to elevate him. It, it, none of this makes any sense to me.
2: Unless they're hundred percent dead set against paying a guy who's going to continue to come off the bench for his career. I mean, Maybe can you pay a bench guy twenty plus million a year? Yeah,
1: but you could
0: have started, you know, the right. first
1: twenty games. Jay Crowder well, starts, I, and then you move. I, or Cam they could, have,
0: yeah. Or they could have just really increased his shot load yeah. as the first guy off the bench. Yeah. So whatever. We'll get into that. The Chris Paul thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that too. There's a
2: lot to chew on from that game.
0: We're giving you the chance to win tickets
2: to see undefeated international superstar Jake as he takes on legendary UFC champion Anderson Silva at Desert Diamond Arena on Saturday, October 29th. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and for your chance to win. we got another one tonight. Arizona team and primetime Cardinals, Saints, Thursday night football. Is this a must-win for the Cardinals in Week 7? Sure feels like one. We'll get into that next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings on this Thursday, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports
3: leader. (laughs) You know, when he's out there, like I said along, he... he Puts a pep in everybody's step with just his energy, and um, you know he's always talking, very competitive. So I think it starts there, and and there's just been a level of confidence that I think players and coaches feel when he's out there. That he's a guy that, at any moment, you get it close to him, he can make a play. And uh, so we'll see what he can do. He hadn't put on pads or lined up against the DB, and probably close to what a year, you know. Um, So we can't expect him to be the savior, but just uh, the intensity, energy he brings has has been good for the team.
2: Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Arrow. Arizona Cardinals talking about what is the highlight, at least going in, for the Arizona Cardinals to Thursday Night Football. And that's the return of DeAndre Hopkins. The suspension now in the rearview mirror. It is a boost. He talked about energy. Look, the Cardinals are getting one of the best wide receivers in football back. But it's weird. Nobody knows exactly what this is going to look like, despite a history with him. But this offense is so upside down right now, Bick. I don't know what to expect. You know, it can't be the savior. Right. Hopkins himself said, look, I'm not going to be eased back in. Use me how you want to use me. Yeah. All of the attention has got to be on, from the New Orleans defense. Has got to be on DeAndre Hopkins. So I, that I might would, factor things I would, too.
0: I would think so as well. The uh, from from all reports out of out of New Orleans, Marshawn Lattimore will not play. Out, so, yeah. so, their best cover corner will not be on the football field tonight. Both these teams are pretty banged up. I, I I think perceptually this is sort of very reminiscent to to what the Suns were facing last night. This is an important game, uh, not only in the standings for this franchise. But if, but if DeAndre Hopkins can come out and then suddenly the offense looks a little better, maybe scores touchdowns in the red zone, because that, let's let's be honest here. that That is the one thing that he can bring this team right here and now. So when this team drives and they get inside the 20, when they get inside the 10, they've got a guy who can get open in those short confines, small fields. He can lose a guy at the line of scrimmage. He's great at it. Yeah,
2: so he's not a guy who needs three or four yards of separation need to make a no, play even no. if he's covered he's open right. he's that kind that's of guy right.
0: that's right it he, he's not going to drop the ball and you're not going to knock it out of his hands so so i'm i'm hoping that there can be some instant impact like that i also i i spoke yesterday about the swagger and the presence he brings it's very real mm-hmm. I, on ground level you can almost feel it coming off him he's a very swaggy guy and and so he brings a presence and there and i think the cardinals offense is going to need it and I, I, I think you know what it is? Here's what I really think it is. He's a guy that opponents are actually going to fear. And there's not a lot of that on the Cardinals offense right now. With the wide receiver screens and the short wide receivers. And the the inability to stay committed to running the ball between the tackles yeah. to the quarterback who's kind of been figured out a little bit and who doesn't throw to his right, it, 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 the idea of of defenses. Hey, we have got this team figured out. DeAndre Hopkins is not a guy you figure out because, like you said, even if you blanket him, he's burning you. And so, so maybe maybe that will bring some healthy fear back to the football field in favor of the Cardinals.
2: Yep, uh, here's uh, Dennis Allen, the head coach of the Saints looking at what Hopkins' return does for the offense for Arizona.
0: In
3: terms of the player, I mean, obviously he's a he's a hell of a player, and so, so I think it changes a little bit in, in that regard. I don't know that schematically it changes a lot of what they do, uh, but just how they're trying to get that guy, the ball changes.
2: I hope schematically it changes a lot of what they do because what we've seen schematically has not been working. I mean, again, no. coming off a game where you put up three points against one of the most porous defenses we've seen in recent years in the NFL, I mean, that was lick your chops kind of statistical data on, on Seattle's defense going in and they did nothing mm-hmm. against them yeah so I think a lot of things have to change but Cliff Kingsbury said as much yesterday too in talking with the media uh, you know it's not just one thing that's uh, affecting the Cardinals offensively it's a lot of different items
3: yeah I mean like I said it's 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 a lot of everything when when you have six games like that where you really haven't hit your stride I, I think everett has to be an open and honest for what you can do better and how we can can get better and I've always taken a lot of pride in Maximizing the personnel and allowing guys on your team, whoever they are, to, to do what they're best at. And we haven't found that that rhythm yet. And so whatever it takes, I'm open to it. And I think all the guys are, too. If we have to run it 100 times, we want to run it. We just want to win games. Based
2: on the last two years, what the Cardinals are best at offensively is yep. getting out to a lead and then having
0: everything available to them. Playing yep. from behind has been a death knell for this offense this year. Yes, I I agree with that. So hence, once again, the importance of establishing the right game the best you can. Um, I don't say this a lot about Keyshawn Johnson, but he had an interesting point that I'm going to throw out there today. Uh, there was an interesting point from our conversation with Darren Gantt, who said, "I prefer defensive-minded head coaches because they're used to solving problems." Shut up, Jarrett. <laughs> Whereas offensive-minded head coaches, they are used to creating and disrupting. Okay, And I thought, oh, that's an interesting viewpoint. Yeah. Keyshawn said that, that he doesn't like quarterbacks who become play callers because they throw too much. And he wasn't talking about Cliff Kingsbury. He was talking about Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott in Dallas. That he, he, without Dak Prescott, you got this Cooper Rush guy and you know he's limited. So you start relying on the running game. And, whoa, look at that. We, uh, we're actually pretty good. And that's an interesting thing as well if you 've got quarterbacks running your offense uh, is the temptation to throw at a, at unhealthy levels i don 't know I, I do think that that the commitment to the run has been. It's been all over the place yeah. recently with Cliff Kingsbury. There's been times when 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 they've really relied on it and they've looked really good, like the Cowboys without Dak Prescott. There's been times when they don't do it enough and they get cute and, and they seem to pay the price. And yet when you've got all this talent on the edge, you want to use it. And I, so I, I don't know. I, I, I do know this. I do know what this product looks like on the field tonight. is going to matter to Cardinals fans. And that's going to be a hard thing given how wretched – Thursday night football tends to look.
2: Yeah, and the last, let's go back, the last two, last three weeks, we saw a guy get concussed and and a scary sight. And the last two Thursday night games have featured one offensive touchdown. (laughs) And the winning team has won, has had 12 points the last two weeks. Is that right? This could be about as ugly as it gets tonight, considering Uh, all things. uh, Going back to what you said, though, about that point about uh, quarterbacks becoming play callers, do they throw too much? It's a fascinating subject using the Cowboys as the case study there mm-hmm. I think is fascinating too because Cooper Rush did a good job. Dak Prescott's back this week but you saw the peril in that. You saw what happens when you have a game manager or a don't screw up quarterback like yep. Cooper Rush when you right. fall behind. They fell behind the Eagles. He had to throw you through three picks. We saw it last year in a three game sample with Colt McCoy. The Cardinals in two of those games were able to get out to leads and impose their will and control the game plan when they fell behind in the Carolina game it was as ugly as it could possibly get because those quarterbacks are not equipped to so it's kind of that 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 double-edged sword yes you've got a quarterback as your play caller but in the Cardinals case you also got now one of the highest paid quarterbacks in all of football. yeah. So you're going to want to let him throw uh, the ball yeah. too. So
0: Um no, you're right. I, and so there's all of that. And then you've got a guy who who knows that his offense is Gambo very very uh very eloquently described as a broken toy that you can't even take to goodwill. That's actually very good and very appropriate. Gambo and eloquent yes, in the same yeah, I'm sentence. saying it. I'm saying it. My Goodness. man Gambo. Um so Walk, I Look, I'm eloquent I'm not a spell it. <laughs> I think mean, I dated her in high school. Ella, eloquent. <laughs> Ella Quint.
1: Once I went to the zoo and I saw a big uh, eloquent <laughs> <laughs> and a giraffe and a <laughs> An look. Let's
0: talk about the 500 pound look, eloquent in the room. Did they find that dragon in the Bronx. <laughs> My wife wants it. <laughs> My wife wants it. <laughs> Where Does is I Buy it from somebody. <laughs> We're only doing I that because in the new
2: uh, in the new <laughs> open, Gambo admitted he likes the show. So yeah, we're doing that for his. Thanks.
1: They keep adding Gambo's uh, compliments to our open. I know. Yeah, that's good. More
0: it Gambo in our open then- <laughs> <laughs> So, but but you know what? It's also true at the Saints, the team the Cardinals are playing tonight. Jameis Winston's far more dynamic than Andy Dalton, but Jameis Winston is a turnover machine. Mm -hmm. They put in Andy Dalton, and it's like, oh, okay, dink and dunk, low risk, low reward. Okay, we can live with that. So, we'll see.
2: Here's a warning again.
0: This could be as ugly
2: as football gets tonight, but it doesn't matter as long as the, Car- the Cardinals need to yeah, win this game. It, it doesn't matter. They don't it. have to apologize for the style no. of it. They need to get a win. Yeah. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we'll hit some NFL hash marks, including some BS coming out of Tampa. That and more straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, hash marks. Imagine being Tom Brady for a second. Tom Brady, and I'm only saying this from from the perspective from the outside, okay? Uh, Which is our perspective. I've never met Tom Brady, never said a word to him, don't know him. We'll never know him, but he's in the news all the time. And from our perspective, it appears that Tom Brady chose football over family this year. Is that unfair to say?
0: I don't think so. Okay. I I think that's been fairly well documented. And
2: as I said earlier this week... It appears that Tom Brady, you know, if he considers football a respite or something that you know is relaxing to uh-huh. him, that respite is collapsing on him. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not very good right now. They're 3 and 3. They're tied for first place in their division, but so much expectation. Last week in a weird loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Tom Brady was seen on the sidelines just eviscerating his offensive line. And it got A lot of attention, again, because it's Tom Brady and because the language was incredibly salty. um, Brady was caught by the television cameras screaming, you're so much better than the way you're blanking playing at his offensive line. Well, one of those offensive linemen, Robert Hainsey, the center, has uh, kind of stepped up for Tom Brady. Quote, Everyone can call it what they want, but I want nothing else from a quarterback than that, than the guy who's wanting to tell us what we need to do and step up. If he was just sitting over there and not getting us going and not trying to help us, he wouldn't be who he is today. That's what you want from great teammates and great leaders, and he's the best there is. Which, I'm looking at the, there's the video right there. Um, I think there's some truth into what Robert Hainsey is saying. Yeah. Let's face it, nobody, nobody likes being verbally dressed down at their job.
0: No, 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 no. Yeah, listen, a couple things about this. Number one, Tom Brady, he's... he's Long been famous for sideline histrionics. He yes. did this in New England frequently. He's broken but, but, tablets this year. But he seems to be particularly agitated for this early in the season. Mm-hmm. And the broken tablets are proof. This dressing down of his offensive linemen are proof. There are a lot of people, Tom Brady fans are like, Give me a break. The only people whining about this are everyone but his offensive linemen. If they're not crying about it, why are you? Well, I, because I think what Vinny is saying is right. These offensive linemen, they don't want to be dressed down like that. Now, if, if, they, don't, if they look at it as Tom just trying to hype us up, then maybe there's not an issue. But it's, it's one of those deals where if you're an offensive lineman, you know that that's the meal ticket. That's the guy. So you got to take it. You got to take it. And you can come out and say, yeah, we know we like it. The fact of the matter is, every time that clip is being played, it looks like he's admonishing his offensive lineman. And again... And his play hasn't been
2: all that good this his year his play either. has not been that great, yeah. and too, as we brought up earlier in the week and on yesterday's show. Ben Roethlisberger talked about it, too. Tom Brady... Is he setting an example for excellence on the football field when you're taking off on a game weekend to go to your old boss's wedding? Yeah, missing a walkthrough. Missing on a walkthrough yep. in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it's a, it's a different standard for him. He's pro, he's earned it. He's earned That's that right. right. But at this late stage, you're you're playing football for a reason still. So why are you why are you relaxing all the things that made you great in the first place? Mm-hmm. If you're continuing, you don't need to play anymore. You're choosing to play, and you're choosing to chase this unreal dream of perfection. It, it's all very I, I don't know out of line for me. I, I, it doesn't make much sense. No,
0: no. Listen, I, I, I'm with you on that. So I, I really I don't think anybody really knows where this with this Buccaneer season or this story is going. I, I think it's really kind of a week to week proposition. I thought it was interesting that you know there was so many. people, people squawking about that offense, that people were saying, hey, you know, we got to dial B.A. back into this, put a headset on him, get him involved in the play calling, get him involved in this. Todd Bowles pushed back on that yesterday. He was asked about it. He's like, look, you don't solve the problems we have. Shut up, Jared. You don't <laughs> solve the problems we have by bringing in a former coach. And I'm like, whoa, because Todd Bowles loves B. I mean, they are thick as thieves. And I'm like, well, okay. And so I perceive that as a as a sign of stress, yes, coming from Todd Bowles. Absolutely, like, stop with that.
2: Yeah, it uh, could be a get right game for yeah. uh, Tampa Bay. They got a road game against Carolina this week. Uh, elsewhere in the NFL, Miami, um, their quarterback situation still up in the air. Tua Tonga Viloa. Back at practice, won't play this week in the uh, Sunday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Tua spoke to the media yesterday and going back to that Thursday night concussion he suffered in that loss to the Bengals, their first loss of the year, it looked scary and it turns out it was pretty bad after all said and done. (laughs) Me. <laughs> I would not say it was scary for me at the time um, because there were there there was a point where um, I was I was unconscious, so I, I couldn't you know really tell what was going on. Um, so you know when when I did come to and kind of realize uh, what was going on, what was happening, you know, I I never I didn't think of of anything. Um, you know, long term or short term, I was just wondering what happened. Uh, so, yeah. You remember much about that night? Yeah, I remember the entire night up to the point where uh, I got tackled. Yeah, he said he didn't remember getting carted off the field, which we're weeks removed from that. He's not going to play. The Dolphins, finally, uh, under you know public pressure, are being careful about it. Yeah, Tua's going to play again at some point, mm-hmm. but. And the fact of the matter is, he had two concussions in a five-day span, which is not good long-term prognosis. What every doctor will tell you about concussions: the more you suffer, the more susceptible, susceptible you become to yeah, them. Right. I really hope we're not
0: talking about another man, t- situation anytime I, I, soon. Listen, I, if for a young man to get three concussions in the span of one season, anybody who's done any research on this that is that's danger zone kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think I mean he, he's been cleared from concussion protocol. I think there. They better err on the side of caution, and it's a tough it's a tough deal because because Tua is the kind of guy that he's the kind of guy you've got to protect from himself. Mm-hmm. He proved that at Alabama, um, and, and so there's that, and then there's the fact that the Dolphins are kind of in a in a, a skid right now, and well, that's putting it kindly.
2: When Tua was out there, they were a different team. They were undefeated. They're 0 three since he's been hurt. Yeah, and now yeah, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt too, and they were playing Skylar Thompson at quarterback. So. That'll be a barn burner of a Sunday night game. Miami without Tua and and Pittsburgh, huh? (laughs) Oh, right. That's right. (laughs) Might as well just reschedule that to a Thursday. Uh, You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, going into the season, lots of people had questions about Chris Paul and his future at age 37. After one game, those questions aren't answered uh, but they're still being asked. We'll get into them next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the ak Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.